contested three-point shot straight on. Bledsoe three. Bam! Big-time basketball player here. Bledsoe driving again. Eric Bledsoe with 37. Get out of his way. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to a very special Milwaukee Bucks playoff edition of Bucking the Trend Pod. I'm Andrew Goodman, co-hosting, as always, with my man Dylan Piccolo. Dylan, with the Bucks slated to tip off against the Pistons on Sunday, how are you feeling going into the series? Honestly, it's as good as you can feel, having not won a playoff series in, what, 18 years? That's a great point. Um, So, uh, you know, being the number one seed... Having Detroit kind of hobbling into the playoffs, um, it's hard not to feel good if you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Milwaukee's still kind of um, reeling from the injury bug a little bit, but, you know, slowly but surely getting healthy again. I saw a video by uh, Eric Name on Twitter yesterday with uh, Malcolm Brogdon getting some shots up, so that was definitely encouraging. And also there's rumors that uh, Nikola Mirotic might come back for the game one as well. Yeah, Budenholzer said on Friday that if he keeps progressing, uh, there's a chance we could see him on game one uh, on Sunday. And, you know, I think it's important that the Bucs, obviously they have a distinct advantage uh, pretty much everywhere compared to the Detroit Pistons. But it's important that the Bucs make slight work of the Pistons because you could be looking at a seven-game series in that Boston-Indiana series, um, which, you know, there, that's probably like an extra four or five days you could have to potentially get Malcolm Brogdon back for the first game of that series, or you know Tony Snell. You want to have Miritich have good run in him. So getting this series wrapped up quickly. Yeah, the Bucks. The Bucks have got to be motivated. I don't know if you saw uh, yesterday, but it looked like the Bucks were playing some wiffle ball at the practice facility. So I don't think they were too worried about the Detroit Pistons, but one thing we know is that they're going to be prepared no matter what. So really coming out and sending a message and punching Detroit in the mouth really is the best way to go of things, like you said, making it a quick series because you look ahead, you know, looking ahead can be a little dangerous, but, you know, you have Indiana or Boston winning for you and either of those teams are going to, it's going to be a tough series. Absolutely. And I also think, um, I think Detroit's going to really try to make this series physical. I think that's really the only way that they can try and slow down, um, you know, Giannis and Bledsoe, Middleton, Lopez, uh, all those guys. And if they can be physical, you know, pull back a little bit of the bad boys era um, and, you know, and I'm kind of worried about that because they really have nothing to lose at that point. Um, And if they're going to be playing physical, the Bucks got to be smart and get to a lot of early leads so we can limit that physicality because, we need everyone 100% going into the next round. Uh, despite, you know, you don't want to pencil yourselves past anyone, but it's very, very difficult to see I agree. winning this series. I, I agree with you 100%, game. but I was looking at some of the playoff statistics in prior years, and I'm talking like 
decade ago when the Bucks and Pistons last met up in the playoffs. And obviously Detroit held the upper hand in most of those series. But now, you know, things are different. And Blake Griffin's having a great season. Andre Drummond's, he's been all right. But if you're looking at guys they have that can potentially cause problems, I'm looking at Luke Kennard and Reggie Bullock specifically. I mean, you might laugh at me, but I remember Reggie Bullock has had some big games against the Bucks in the past, and Luke Kennard, he's been shooting the ball very well the last month of the season. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that they have guys that uh, can get hot. They they definitely have some streaky guys, I think. You know, Reggie Bullock and Luke Kennard are rather streaky, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, if someone gets hot, you got to obviously, um, you know, take note of that, and hopefully it doesn't happen. But, you know, I think the Bucks are going to be okay with that. I, I think that they really just get to focus on limiting Andre Drummond on the glass, um, especially the offensive glass limit second chance points because I just think that they're, you know, you look at their point guards, Reggie Jackson, you know, Ish Smith, those guys are drivers more than, you know, three pointers. And you look how the Bucks defended like James Harden and how they've been defending this whole season, allowing guys to kind of take that mid range shot. I mean, Detroit's point guards literally play right into exactly what the Bucks are trying to do defensively. So cleaning up those, you know, no second chance points for Drummond. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you keep Blake Griffin away from the basket, you're also in good shape. Do you think we're going to be seeing some playoff Thon Maker tomorrow? I think we will. I mean, you look at, uh, I mean, what he did in the playoffs. Uh, so you can't really take, you know, last year against the Celtics, I mean, you can't really take that out of the question. I think, uh, you know, he, he is comfortable in, in uh, Pfizer Forum. So, hope you know, he could hit some It'll be nice to kind of how they use him. And I really haven't really watched him a lot since he's gotten to Detroit over the other times that they've played against the Bucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I'm, it I'm looking at the Detroit think, Pistons roster right now. Aside from Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, I mean, it's really depressing how, how bad. It's okay. I mean, <laughs> For a team that's been in the lottery as many times and they still haven't, you know, that's really built a franchise you, since yeah. since the early 2000s, you know, it's – I I mean, taking Luke Kennard over Donovan Mitchell really sums up that, you know, no disrespect to Luke Kennard, obviously, but certainly no Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, if you, if you kind of look at it, to be honest, Detroit's kind of just been like a pawn for the Bucks. Over the last few seasons, I mean, uh, you know, they got Chris Middleton from there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And they got, you know, Brandon Knight eventually. Uh, I mean, you tur- you got yeah. uh, Greg uh-huh. Monroe from them, too. It's like a breeding ground. So, uh, and John, Ho- John Horst was also from Detroit as well, I believe. Uh, so it's kind of like the Bucks G League team uh, in their, within their own division. It looks like so they, but they sent Thad and Sean Sweeney to the G League to Detroit. So um, a nice little rotation there. But you know, I you you look at what the Pistons are doing, and I think it's kind of what every team's kind of doing. Their moves are made for mediocrity, and you obviously have to get lucky. The Bucks got lucky with Giannis. Uh, you scouted him, you got him, but you not you didn't really know that he was going to. Yeah, no one did. Had the potential, but he's far surpassed any he's far surpassed anyone's expectations already. And um, 
Pistons have been kind of taking guys. aren't really bad aren't ever usually bad enough to get in that top three or four that's the when you know when you're picking and it's kind of where we're at you know they also they also gave up on spencer dinwiddie too thought i'd just throw that in there throw some salts in the wound (laughs) no and they it's just like management i mean you got to create a winner and you need a transcendent talent. Andre Drummond, you know, isn't a transcendent is a transcendent player. Like in talent, maybe, like he's really big and can score and rebound, but he doesn't win you games. No, Blake he doesn't. Griffin doesn't win you games. They'll give you that those numbers and stuff, but they're not going to go out there and impact a game like a Giannis, a Curry, Durant, LeBron, you know, whoever it is, Joel Embiid. Like, those guys can't take over games by any stretch of the imagination. And you need a player like that to have at least some somewhat success. And you look at even Charlotte. I mean, you put Kemba Walker on the Pistons. I mean, like, what kind, I mean, that, what kind of team is that all of a sudden? You know what I mean? It's just, right. like, who you have around you. But, I mean, I don't know. I've, that's honestly the most time I've spent thinking about the Pistons this whole season. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there, but – Aside from Blake Griffin, who could go drop 30 on pretty much any given night because, you know, he's one of the most athletic specimens we have in the NBA. But if you look at other than that, Andre Drummond's not going to hurt you aside from offensive rebounds. If you want to put him on the line, you know, even though he's an improved free throw shooter, it's fine. Go for it. He's not going to shoot. So after after that, there's really a huge drop off. So I really yeah. don't see any way Detroit can keep up with the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be really, really hard for them to win a game. I'm just going to be frank with the Pistons nation. It's, it's going to be really hard. Um, just because I don't think they're going to be able to keep the Bucks out of the paint. They just can't. I mean, if Giannis can get in the paint, the game is over. The Bucks have won. They can't he's, limit. They he's going to get there anyway. Exactly. So it's – and then, it, then you break it down and it's like, all right, is everyone hitting shots? You know, I mean – more times than not this year they've hit shots and if they're not hitting shots Detroit's not good as a you know a bad enough team where Giannis can go out there and just beat them single-handedly right and I'm just looking at some numbers for current bucks against Detroit and I think Chris Middleton right here is in a great spot to succeed in a playoff series against uh, Detroit really carry over that white hot postseason he had last year against Boston 20 career games against Detroit. He's averaging 17.6 points, four rebounds, and 3.4 assists. But he is shooting 53% from the floor and 48.8% from deep. Credit uh, basketball reference for those numbers. So I think I think he's going to blow up here in this series. It's, it's looking real good for him. It's important for him to get hot because you're going to need him down the stretch. You know, you're going to need him for an Eastern Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Semis game, where you're going to need him to go out there and get you 30, 32 points and win the game because – Teams are gonna teams are gonna key on Giannis. There's gonna be a game or two this year where people are gonna be like, "All right, we're gonna put three or four guys on Giannis, and the rest of the Bucks are gonna have to beat us." And it's gonna have to be Chris Middleton. 
So, you know, you look at why, I mean, the last game of the season against the Thunder, Chris Middleton played, I think, because you want, you know, the first half, because you wanted to give him a little run, give him a little momentum out there by himself where he can say, all right, I'm a certified bucket getter and I can do this whenever I want. So he put up 20 in the first half against the Thunder. So I think it's going to be more of the same trying to get him, Brooke, you know, Bledsoe feeling good because you can kind of assume Giannis is going to be feeling good, uh, you know, every game it looks like. So you just really need to take this first round series and just kind of fine tune everything for the playoffs. You're going to get some playoff atmosphere. I'll think a little bit in Detroit. Um, So it's not a hostile environment, but it's important to win road playoff games because they have confidence. They have, they haven't done it. I mean, last year they lost every road playoff game. So, you know, you have to, and when you're the number one overall seed, you don't have to win a road game, but it's a hell of a lot easier if you win a road game earlier on in the series. Just take care of business really is all it's about. But we've seen Mike Boonhoser tweak his rotations, tinker with them, play pretty much everyone. Do you think we're going to see a much shortened rotation here in the postseason, or do you think he still might roll with 10 guys deep? First series, I think it's going to be 10 guys deep. I think yeah. he's going to – I think he's definitely – got to be smart. You don't want to slap you know, the Pistons in the face, but you can beat them without your full you – know, without your best players in all the time. I think DJ Wilson – is going to be playing quite a bit this uh, playoffs. I think he's proven that if he works hard and he's defending every possession, Budenholzer can live with his offensive game. And if he gives you an offensive, you know, input like he ha- can and he has this season, then that's an added benefit. Um, you know, Sterling Brown has played himself into a lot of minutes when Tony Snell's and Malcolm Brogdon are out. So even when Brogdon's out, I mean, Sterling Brown's going to be getting minutes as well. I mean, I think you're going to start cutting the line when it comes to, like, Bonzi and Tim Frazier and, you know, those guys. But if you – I mean, you got the starting five. Let's just assume everyone's healthy, right? You have the starting five with Brogdon, and then you have Miritich, Snell, Brown, DJ. So that's nine. And then I'm, th- I'm forgetting someone else. Pat. So there's ten, you know. So I think – I mean, I don't, even past the first round, the Bucks' depth is an asset. Yeah, really the development of Sterling Brown over the last month of the season has really helped change a bit of the outlook of this Bucks team. I mean, if you're assuming the Bucks are healthy, you know, they get Brogdon back, do you take out Sterling Brown from the starting lineup? I think it's tough. I think it's really tough. Um, you know, if they're if they're feeling good, they sweep the Pistons and – you know, but and this is where I go back to the Bucks actually like liking each other as a team. They have no egos. If Budenholzer was like, "All right, you know, Sterling, we're gonna run with you, and Malcolm, we're gonna run you off the bench," that you know, a lot of teams that would cause problems and chemistry issues. But for the Bucks, I mean, it's plug and play. Look at Tim Frazier. Look at Tim Frazier in the last like two weeks of the season, how his numbers were, and that's literally a guy that is a borderline. Like he's like a 12th man on a roster, 15th man on a roster, 12 to 15th man. And he comes in and he's, I mean, his numbers are fantastic. This system is built for guys that, you know, to extract the best out of the guys. So I don't know. I just, I think that I'm like, I'm in love with this system because it just makes everyone good. Really does. Everyone that that everyone that comes in contributes. Doesn't matter who it is. Any game on their home, on the road, even if they played a neutral arena, I'm sure it'd be the same too. 
But I'm just looking at the season series between these two teams. Obviously, the Bucks dominated. There was one game decided by single digits. Yep, the Bucks were four and zero on a season sweep. They won, uh, you know, an average of, by an average of fourteen, uh, fourteen and three quarter points. So I mean, it wasn't close. And I think they can't be physical enough with this team. They can't slow Giannis down enough, and it's just going to come down to that. I mean, you know, it kind of sucks because it feels inevitable that the Bucks are going to win. And you're trying to, you know, run these simulations in your mind like, well, you know, if the Pistons do this or the Pistons do that or the Bucks aren't shooting well. But there's not enough of those things in my head that I can reason that the Pistons even win a game in this series. Yeah, I, I feel bad for them tomorrow. I think it's going to be ugly. You know, first playoff game in the Pfizer Forum, it's going to be rocking. 414 uh, day. Well. That's true. You know, I was hoping this game would be on a Saturday, but. You know, it makes sense to move it to a Sunday, 414 day. It just, it's all falling into place here. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting. I mean, you look at this totality of the playoffs. Everything feels like it's falling into place for the, the Bucks. It really does, and it's hard not to foreshadow, you know, or, you know, forecast them going into the Eastern Conference Finals. But, I mean, Boston's a train wreck. Indiana doesn't have Victor Oladipo. I mean – you take care of this series. I mean, yes, they have Kyrie Irving and stuff, but I think the Bucs figured the Celtics out. Plus, Mark is smart. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. Two rounds, he's out. So, I, you know, it's hard to it's hard not to like the Bucks' path because when I looked at the bracket, and it's interesting, you look at the standings and you'll see one thing. But once you look at a bracket and you're like, oh wait, we just have to beat the Celtics. And wait a minute, right? Wait a minute. If if we beat them, we'll play the 76ers or the Raptors. I mean, you know, I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about the Raptors. They're a very good team, very, very good team. But, you know, Kawhi sitting out 22 games or whatever it is, is tough. But who do you think would be the tougher Eastern Conference Finals matchup, the 76ers or the Raptors? Yeah, I think definitely Toronto now with the lingering knee soreness or whatever you want to call it, tendonitis Joel Embiid is dealing with. That's definitely a big blow to them. And but just the way the Toronto Raptors have, are built, really, Marcus Saul looks like he's gelled in nicely in Toronto. I love Danny Green. Danny Green's had a great season for them. You know, of course, Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. So, they'll, you know, Kyle Lowry definitely does struggle in the playoffs. So you can kind of assume that they'll be, quote, unquote, without Kyle Lowry for certain stretches. But I think the Toronto poses the biggest threat to knock them out. They're, they're the most equipped to defend Giannis. I yeah. think that's kind of where it's – it is, you know, I mean, I think Kawhi, the combination of Siakam, Kawhi, um, you know, OG had that appendicitis yesterday, so I'm not sure exactly what the I had an appendicitis, and I was out like six weeks, I think, before I could do anything, but I'm not a physically gifted NBA player, so I can't really, I can't expect him to be out the same amount of time as I was, but um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting, but I agree that, the, you know, Toronto is... I think they're built to kind of handle Milwaukee. Uh, they're kind of built a little similar, more you know, similar to the Bucks are in a sense. Um, yeah, in terms their, of like their style. Yeah, with their style, you know, their outside shooting, they kind of funnel a lot of stuff inside to Gasol, similar to the Bucks do with Lopez. Um, and you know, Gasol could shoot, could step out there, just like Lopez. So I think it would be a really interesting series to see how 
kind of those guys match up. You know, you got two kind of smaller point guards in Lowry and Bledsoe. Obviously, Giannis and Kawhi, the star factors there. Danny Green, they have OG Pascal. So, I mean, very exciting series. And I think it would probably go seven games, that one. But luckily, the Bucks have home court advantage. And they haven't, lost, they haven't lost a home game in the playoffs in, I don't know, a year? <laughs> That's what happens when you take care of business. You reap the benefits. The- That's all to do that tomorrow against the Pistons. I'm real excited for game one. I can't wait to see what the atmosphere is like at the Pfizer Forum. I think you should put out a quick public service announcement about your travel issues that you've had. Well, all I'm going to say is American Airlines, you can go stick it where the sun don't shine. We'll just leave it at that. A replacing of a windshield. I have... Never, ever, in all the years that I've traveled, I have never, ever seen such a freaking blasphemous <laughs> blunder by an airline. Oh, my God. Like, I got to the airport. This flight's supposed to leave at 1030. I got to the terminal. I sat down at, like, 930, board at 10 o'clock. The plane is already at the gate. You know, the flight attendants are about to board. I see the pilot. I'm like, okay. So, five minutes later, I look at my phone. I get a text message. American Airlines flight 678, Phoenix to Milwaukee, delayed until 12. I'm like, well, that's strange. Our plane's here, but all right. So then the gate agent says, oh, we're, we're having some sort of mechanical difficulty on the plane. We'll get back to you shortly. You're like, engine, that's no problem. Right, right. And I'm starting to think the worst, of course, because that's how I am. But then all of a sudden, I see some out the window. I see some guy on a you know, big lift. Just covering the window and it, it looked like tinfoil, a huge piece of tinfoil on the left side of the cockpit, just chilling there, like patting it down, taping it. I'm like, all right, so two o'clock comes around. No one's boarding the plane. No one's saying anything. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is going to be a while. So then around 2.30, come back with an announcement. The next update's going to be 4, 4.30. Not even board the plane at 4, leave at 4.30. Next announcement's going to be between them. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I thought to myself, do I really want to spend 12 hours at the airport? I said, no. And this flight, this flight ended up leaving Phoenix at 10 o'clock at night. So that is... That would have been one hell of a day for you. That's a 13-hour dive. That's a 13-hour plane delay. You could have been a third of the way there if you drove. I could have probably driven there and back, but at least, <laughs> at least I got at least I got my money back. I guess this trip wasn't meant to be, so Yeah. I mean, it's the Pistons. You know, you're not really missing much. I'm yeah, thinking, but I'm it, actually thinking about me and my a couple of my friends are thinking about taking a little road trip out to Detroit. Thirty dollar playoff tickets, only a oh five my God. Hour, five hour drive. So Oh that's you should definitely make moves on that. Day. I think I should. And I think I will. But uh represent bucking the trend pot over there. Absolutely. In enemy territory. Absolutely. I hope, uh, you know, I hope I'll be watching a sweep at that point for game four, but. I would hope you bring a broom. Ooh, I should bring a broom. There yeah. you go. Yeah, people probably think I'm going to hit them with it, but that's all right. <laughs> Neither here or there, but we want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of Bucking the Trend Podcast. You could follow us on Twitter at Buck the Trend Pod. Andrew, you could follow him at Andrew G underscore NBA. You can follow me on Twitter at DP double underscore hoops. 
please, if you uh, can, just rate and review. Uh, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, we're out on Spotify as well now. So please go ahead and listen there. Andrew, do you have any last final words before we presumably put the Pistons to bed? Bring out the broom. Bring out that's, that's all the I can broom. say. That's good. I, you know, I have a couple of brooms. Maybe a Swiffer would work. <laughs> oh, that's a, you know, that's a great idea, Swiffer. Hey, look at you living it's a, in thirty in thirty twenty. Well, you know how it is. But we want to thank you again, and have a fantastic rest of your weekend, and go Bucks. Yeah. <laughs>